Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on State of the World, renewed fighting on the border between Israel and Lebanon. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Tuesday, November 14th. I'm Greg Dixon. People living in southern Lebanon have endured decades of conflict, and now they're facing new fighting as tensions rise from the Israel-Hamas war to the south. Tens of thousands have evacuated on both sides. People have been killed on both sides, too, as the Israeli military and Lebanon-based militias, including Hezbollah, trade rocket and artillery fire. NPR's Jane Araf talked to Lebanese bracing for more violence in a land that's scenic, historic, and dangerous. Here in the ancient city of Tyre, history repeats itself in the despair of families displaced by war. 11,000 people have fled their villages to this district, almost 1,000 of them with no other refuge but schools. At one of these shelters, the Tyre Technical School, aid workers try to distract anxious children with stuffed toys and face painting. Hassan Asayed, a small boy who's trying to be brave, chose a lion for his face. Standing next to his mother, the 10-year-old says they left because he and his sisters were terrified by the airstrikes. Fighting between the Iran-backed militia Hezbollah and Israel has intensified since the start of the Israel-Hamas war in Gaza. Hassan and his family have been living here for almost a month since they left their home and their fields. Hassan's father, Mustafa Sayed, says his family has farmed the land for 200 years. But this year... There's no harvest. It burned. He says the soil and the water have been contaminated by white phosphorus. Amnesty International says the Israeli army has fired the chemical, which by international convention is not supposed to be used in civilian areas, into Lebanon. Israel denies it. Even the crops we were supposed to plant in winter, wheat and barley, we have to wait until next year after the rain comes and cleans the soil. He shows us the bare, empty classroom he and his children live in with another family. Mustafa is 53, and he says he's lived through three wars before this one. Up a flight of stairs, students now sharing their school with displaced families are learning car mechanics from a teacher at the blackboard. Line of action. Line of action. The school's chairman, Mohammed Ali Jabber, says he worries about the displaced children who had to leave school and the risk of a generation that can't read or write. And learning is everything. If you have to leave persons who are illiterated, then problems will be increased more and more. It's not new things here in Lebanon. I ask him why there have been so many wars. You have to ask the capitals of the world, not us. 
In a building nearby, a stream of displaced villagers arrived to get blankets and foam mattresses. A tired-looking official, Mustafa Basma, says in the last hour, more than 40 people have come. Among them is Hussein Abdul Hussein Hussein. He's 92 years old. He can quote chapter and verse from the decrees more than a century ago that carved up the Middle East between France and Britain. Since Israel was created in 1948, it has fought two wars and countless battles with Lebanon and powerful militias. Israel occupied South Lebanon for 18 years before it withdrew in 2000. After 48, we were displaced about 20 times. Every time Israel felt like it, it would throw rockets at us, and we would pick ourselves up and leave. Many older people say they are used to this. But a distressed 49-year-old mother who asks us to use just her familiar name, Umajid, breaks down in tears as she carries two mattresses to a car. The United Nations has forced us, and the President of the United States forced us, and the spineless Arabs forced us into this. Our path is the path of resistance. We are with Gaza, even if our homes are destroyed and our children die. But just a mile away is the idyllic scene of the ruins of the ancient port, Tyr was once the most important port city in the Mediterranean. All of it is listed as a World Heritage Site. Ali Bedawi, who has been the site director for 20 years, says not only has the war scared tourists away, an archaeological team was pulled out by the French government. These areas always have a sensitive situation. Because now you can go and you can see and you can, there is some bombardment. You can hear it and you can see it. He says even if the war ends now, it will take two or three years for tourists to come back to the storied seashore. I'm sitting on a concrete wall in front of the sparkling water of this bay in the Mediterranean. There's a man fishing in the distance near a Lebanese flag. And snorkelers. Hi. One of them gets out of the water. Come and see, he tells us. We squeeze through a hole in a rusty gate. He shows us what look like antique coins, Byzantine crosses, and other artifacts he says he's been finding for almost 40 years. Mm. He asks us to call him by his nickname, Bahar, which means sailor. And he shows us where he was beaten in Israeli prisons when he was a Lebanese militia fighter during the Israeli occupation of Lebanon. That was in 1985, and he says he spent one year and a month in Israeli detention after he was captured, before he was released in a prisoner exchange. What do we need with blood? What do we need with war? But if Israel attacks us, we will defend ourselves. And then, almost drowned out by the waves, the sound of explosions as Israel attacks. But look... Look, on top of that hill, Bahar says, they're hitting us. There's smoke rising. He says they don't hear the outgoing Lebanese rockets, just the incoming ones from Israel. But it won't deter him from snorkeling every day. That's the way it is on Lebanon's coast, near the Israeli border. Jane Araf, NPR News, entire Lebanon. That's the State of the World from NPR. For more perspectives of this conflict, go to npr.org slash Mideast Updates. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.
On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from SAP Concur, a leading brand for integrated travel expense and invoice management solutions. With SAP Concur Solutions, you'll be ready to take on whatever the market throws at you next. Learn more at concur.com. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com NPR. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship.